0: I'm Anna Webb, welcome to A Dog's Life. Hey Mr Binks, you know how much I love art and how I love art history, particularly when it's relating to dogs. Well, that's why we're jumping on Zoom now to talk to art critic Estelle Lovett about the recent collection in the Wallace Collection called Portraits of Dogs, The Faithful and the Fearless. Estelle Lovett, thank you for joining me on A Dog's Life. Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Well, I'm so excited about this conversation because we kind of began it in the radio studio at BBC London a couple of weeks ago on the day that this amazing collection called Portraits of Dogs opened in the Wallace Collection.
1: Yeah, and it is an extraordinary exhibition. You know, I I didn't want to leave.
0: (laughs) I was so disappointed when we got to the end and I, I wanted to open the door and think there's got to be another room at least ahead of us.
1: It was almost, you know what it was, I, I felt a sense of um having received meditation or, or therapy, you know, it was so calming and I haven't received that going through an exhibition before. You know, I've been excited by the artworks that I've seen before, particularly by favourite artists of mine. But going through this exhibition and seeing a lot of work that, that I hadn't seen before, um really made me feel I mean I I wanted to stroke the paintings but of course you can't (laughs) but you know I I felt an affinity with them I I felt that the you know they say the Mona Lisa um her eyes follow you around the room I felt as though these dog's eyes or their tails were following me around the
0: room I, I felt warm and fuzzy you know what gosh that's such a wonderful way of describing it I was just so excited about going in, you know, because it had been hyped up for a long time. I'd seen the posters on the underground and, oh, you know, and I thought, oh God, I can't wait. I know because dogs in art has always fascinated me because, you know, I did a level art, you know, I can roughly do a bit Estelle, but, you know, and I wanted to do my art foundation but my dad obviously wouldn't let me because I had to do an academic degree, blah, blah. But anyway, I absolutely adore the history that defines our dogs through art because dogs, you know, have been with us side by side for 30,000 years. And this collection I felt it could have been bigger, as we said. But yes, those dogs, they all capture a moment in time that really existed, really existed through the eyes of some of the greatest painters that have ever lived.
1: Yeah. And and each dog, uh, whether it be in a painting or, or a drawing or or a sculpture, each dog had their own personality like we know that dogs do you know it wasn't just a generic cartoon caricature um of of a dog each one had a personality and i felt as though i knew each one personally just just looking at them it was incredible you know really incredible when you think about the um, expertise of brush marks, or expertise of um, sculpting fingers that the artist has, but to get a presence and a soul and a glint in the eye that that you feel a, a, as though if you got up any closer you'd feel the the breath of the dog um, up on your face. I mean that that's something
0: exceptional, really. It really is. And I think it's something that doesn't exist anymore because now artworks, you know, are created by, you know, many are brilliant, obviously brilliant, brilliant. I've got a couple of quite brilliant pieces here, you know, from modern artists. But and in fact, actually the ones that I have three portraits of Moles, my first bull terrier that I adore. And all of those were done by one was Robert Clark, but he came to see Molly in person. He did take photos of Molly, but 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 in person. and I think you know that's the best we can do now. but these artists back then had no cameras. So these works would have taken ages, I should imagine and and just and a lot of time, you know with with the artist just watching the dog, watching the dog move around, sniff around, just spending time with the particular subjects. To, to capture the essence of their personalities and I think that is something that we've lost
1: yeah absolutely you're, you're absolutely correct and and the fact that it, it there are no humans depicted in the artworks um makes me feel as, as though I entered entered another world you know I entered um the canine world which which I I think if if more people um gave dogs the respect they deserve, um, I I think we we'd feel so much better about ourselves. I mean, we 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 know and we hear of awful tragedies that occur to dogs who aren't cared for properly, um, around the world. Um, but I think this shows a a, a compassion, a passion, and a sensitivity that if we show them, they will show us. And you know what else I find absolutely extraordinary. If you go back in in um, history, and I know that we've spoken about this before, but if you go back to to the prehistoric times, um, when when um, dogs were depicted perhaps as wolves, but on uh, rocks or or on cave walls as hunters and companions and guardians and guides, if you like, how much they teach us? Why do you think that Leonardo da Vinci, and amongst his anatomical studies, there's a fantastic piece in this art exhibition, isn't there, Anna? Yes. Of um, dogs' paws. Why do you think he was so interested in depicting how a dog stands, its paws and its claws? Well, the reason was, from a scientific point of view, we know that what a great polymath Renaissance man da Vinci was. It was by looking at um, dogs, for example, and other animals, granted, but the dogs in this instance, to see how... He could create um, machinery, you know, how with the force of a pull or, or, or a gesture of a push, how things go back and forward. So it's not just that he's drawing a, a dog's paw, but he's looking at how he can uh, connect things, sinews, muscles, um, bone in the real world, whether it be using string or corn or, or flint or whatever it is to make things work.
0: Yes. And that's something my art teacher always used to say to me, you know, um, Anna, you need to have the dog under the paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, this is a, a showcase that I just think the curator who came on the radio as well, Xavier, oh, uh, Estelle. Right. Yes. The selection. Was brilliant because 300 years is a long time, but as you say, there was this Leonardo sketch of, of the poor and the uh, the forelimb, unbelievable detail, you know. And but Leonardo back to the Renaissance, so when was the Renaissance, Estelle? About what? Well, that's the 1400s, um, yeah.
1: Yes, you're talking about Leonardo da Vinci, yeah. um,
0: and Michelangelo and, and Raphael. So with the the Renaissance, so absolutely the Michelangelos and the Raphael and the Leonardos, but in all of their works, like the Last Supper, <laughs> they've all got something in common. They've all got dogs in, haven't they, Estelle? It, it's it's
1: amazing because symbolically in art, we we know that um, the dog um, isn't just a pet or a hunter, but but we know uh, that the dog is an indicator of being faithful um of fidelity, uh you know, wh- where do you think the um the, the saying of being a lap dog comes from? Um so dogs are there in art to to, to show a, our faithful companion all by our side and when you look at Hogarths for example uh when whenever there there's um some sort of trouble brewing um you'll always see a dog snarling or, or um creeping backwards whereas if if things are all good then the dog's wagging his tail and he's sat smiling actually there there is um that yes.
0: loving Trump, isn't there, by Hogarth? Yes. Not, and, not and the president. <laughs> no, 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 it was an unfortunate name. I think he called all his books, see, Hogarth adored pugs. And he. I think he devised, even invented the adjective called pugnacious to describe their personalities, which, you know, many pugs are still pugnacious. They're, they're grand little characters, but what fine art defines as well is the change in the breeds especially where the pug is concerned because in the wallace collection there is um a marble little statuette isn't there of of trump the pug um hogarth's Mm. actual pug Mm. which mm -mm, doesn't look like a pug at all i mean if you're to guess the breed you would definitely not say pug or, or for this sculpture and it highlights how over time We've changed breeds. We've put, um, and most recently selected for features which people are now trying to unselect for, and we as humans have kind of distorted dogs a bit. That's reflected clearly through this collection. Not least, you know, that's uh, sounds awful to say it through a microphone, but you know the uh, the stuffed Pekingese. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, oh wow. I mean, for me, that was a Tibetan Spaniel. I mean, it is a Tibetan Spaniel, not a Pekingese. You would not say if someone, you know, anyone saying what breed of dog is that, they would not say Pekingese. So different is it? They'd say Tibetan Spaniel, you know, um, as a Pekingese today, doesn't look anything like that. And that's kind of a, a, an education as well. And I'm, I'm actually saying to all my dog clients at the moment, please go and see this exhibition to see how dogs were in the mid 1800s, you know, because there's that lovely Lovely portrait. Is it of a of a Havanese in a Parisian boudoir, Estelle? Oh yeah, and that proves people were training dogs way back in the mid eighteen hundreds.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and isn't it extraordinary how you know we we think we we know dogs through having our own dog or, or seeing our neighbour's dog, but but you're right. You know how they changed physically over the years. This is a really unexpected. Um, Find really and although th- these artworks that have um, been collected from all over the UK um, actually just the UK because um, one of the things they wanted to do um, being restricted obviously by a budget um, having come through COVID um, and also to, to want to try and, and be PC and cut carbon emissions um, they only collected the works from UK collections so we're lucky to have them in London they've come from example um uh Liverpool and Tunbridge wells and 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 Burnley. Um, so th- this is a, a a great chance for us to see how um that the the dogs have have changed. you know, we think of our, our ancestors, if we think of them as our ancestors um they've really changed, you know how they've gone from being working dogs, um, hunting dogs, if you like. Um to being our companions and and I, I suppose Landseer is one of the greatest to sh- to pay homage to our love of dogs um especially under um special conditions or 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 if you like restrictions um he he really was and that's of course Queen Victoria's favorite um artist Landseer um but there's a story as well that 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 says that uh if he, if anybody, um, if he wanted anyone to criticise his, his artwork, he, he would um, get dogs to have a look at it. And if they seemed
0: quite happy, then he'd be happy. Who who said that? Gosh, Estelle, was that Sir Edwin Lancer? Yes. Oh, wow. Because it was one of his paintings that totally blew my mind at the Wallace Collection. It was the one with the Greek... A name. So he was using dogs to portray a, a moment in Greek mythology with the big white dog that was billed as a bull terrier. And in the bottom right corner of that painting, there literally is an example of mr binks my english toy terrier's ancestor in that right hand corner it is without doubt an english toy terrier which it would have been because they were bred and selected in the mid 1800s to kill rats so oh, um
1: to kill specifically for that
0: yes that was their main purpose in life actually they were small they were agile they have huge teeth even today <laughs> Um, <laughs> the English toy terrier, Mr. Biggs has got the biggest canines you've seen in your life for a dog that's only nine inches high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, yes, and Hogarth captured there is an etching, and also in the Victorian era, they love blood sports, you know. Estelle, we, yeah, we, you know, we didn't have the internet, um, dog fighting was a legal sport down at the local tavern, and um, that what they used to do with the toy terriers, they used to have this great big and a big container, and they used to fill it with hundreds of rats, and then they'd stick toy terriers into this big pit full of rats, and then people would bet on the dog that would kill the most rats in the shortest amount of time, and the great winner that is you know, known, and he lived down in the city of London, actually, he was called Tiny Tim, and he was the world record holder at the time, <laughs> but yes, Mr Binks is in this artwork now please remind me of the name of this painting
1: alexander and dio diogenes
0: yeah, you know the painting, I mean, like it's pretty impressive. It's big and um, there's a big white dog in the middle who's obviously coming strutting. and You know, this dog looks like a cartoon character, but it it, it can't have been because cartoons didn't exist in 1848. And um, and Lansett would have painted what he saw. And this is basically probably the first cross of what was the old English bulldog with the old English white terrier, which is now extinct that they crossed the dogs to make the bulldog less heavy, more aquiline, more dynamic, sadly, for dog fighting, because they wanted dogs because it was a sport. And there it is, what I reckon is the first cross of, I'm quite emotional, I don't know, of the old English bulldog cross with the old English white terrier, which is the ancestor to all bull terriers in the world.
1: Uh, and is that the painting where, um, on the right-hand side, um there, there's a there's a few other dogs of different yeah. breeds who are sort yes. of looking
0: adoringly. Well, or or intrepidation, whichever way you <laughs> want to read their expressions. Yeah. yeah. So obviously this big dog's come in to sort something out. Yes, some yes. fracas, some minor argument going on in the hood. And I I just I saw it and I just couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's interesting as well, because um, what you were saying, the advice that your art teacher gave you, um you, when, when you look at the paintings, they, they don't, they look solid, don't they? That they, they, they look as, as though there is a, a dog skeleton and, and muscle underneath the fur. So it's not the, just that they've got the, the softness, as in this painting that you're talking about by Lanzier, the softness of the fur, but there's also the bulk and
0: the meat, if you like, underneath. Well, definitely in that bull terrier, isn't it? I mean, it's like muscular. He's got the power. Yeah. It's almost like if the dog's moving across, It's it's got a presence and aura about him, you know, which is correct, And but it's captured just kind of like one dimensionally. It's extraordinary. But then we move through the centuries, don't we, at quite a pace, Estelle, with the exhibition, which is also amazing because of the contrast of the art
1: yeah yeah brings you right up to today but um it's nice as well you know um, especially now whilst whilst we're all sort of gearing up in one way or another for um King Charles III's coronation it it was nice and we know he's a he's an artist as well um it it was nice to see Queen Victoria's watercolors um you know they were very sweet perhaps a little bit naive but but um sensationally that they they were wonderfully observed um images of her her dog which uh, apparently she she used to work together on watercolors with her husband Prince Albert um I know because that was the plates together and things
0: yeah yeah that was sky that was her sky terrier wasn't it that was featured in those those little ones yeah very
1: small yeah um but you 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 can just imagine. Well, upstairs as well, uh, uh, as you know. Do I was sticking with the royalty um, theme. There is the Queen and her corgis photo uh, exhibition um, just upstairs in the Wallace through the shop, so that that you can you can see how her um, Her Majesty the late Queen Elizabeth II also admired and loved dogs. Unfortunately, she never got into painting them. Um, that wasn't. Her artistic um, bent. She she was more uh, a photographer. Um, but some of the greatest portrait painters also encapsulate their love for their dog. What about Freud with 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 his dog Pluto
0: or Hockney. Exactly, both of, and the whole Hockney room dedicated to the Daxies and almost taking you into an immersive multimedia experience in that room because, yeah,
1: each with a different expression on their face and also the body language of the dogs. Yeah, it made me smile. We all need to do that nowadays, it, it just really made me smile.
0: I know, in his dedication and love, obviously, for his Daxies, you know, because there were little films, um, there's little films that you can watch of Hockney at work with his Daxies, and he's got two assistants bringing the, the, the paper to him, bringing his yeah. pencils, because if Hockney moved, the Daxies would move, and he'd got them in the perfect kind of composition-ish, and then he's just sketching them. But again, it's like close real life. That's how he captures it, because it's... Yeah
1: yeah it's in the the moment Mm. they're coloring as well really dynamic really dynamic but um it's interesting as as well that the the freud one which it was a very simple one just of uh
0: uh, pluto's grave that was heartbreaking i mean estelle because one there is a, a there is a, a a little oil I think of Pluto quite a sketchy undetailed kind of portrait but then literally you move on a pace and there's his gravestone and that of course is it because dogs don't live long enough it hits you hard yeah, but subtly to remind us all <laughs> that you've got to appreciate dogs in the moment and I think that could be one of the themes of this collection
1: yeah, no, I, I I agree. I mean, they're not just our, um our friends. They're not just delightful and and sweet and and comical and and loving, um. But they're you know all the good things sort of sort of um aren't around forever, and I think it makes us realise how how precious um time is um, and we realise that I think through our dogs. You know the amount of enjoyment I get from going out for a walk with my dog is extraordinary. I think perhaps, you know, is it just Londoners and New Yorkers that have this great
0: love of dogs? No, don't be silly. I think the love of dogs transcends humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I think living in an urban metropolis is certainly more difficult but you know as a dog owner you have to work harder because you have to train your dog to go on a bus and on a train and cope with joggers and cyclists yeah. in the park and all the rest of it compared to say you know in, in the shires but I, I think that the cities offer such energy and enrichment and variety and stimulus and range of sensory delight sounds sight sounds and smells you know for dogs to keep them enriched that I actually think city living done correctly with dogs if you live near a big open space is is obviously ideal you know I think dogs actually have a better life <laughs> but I'm a bit <laughs> biased because I love London very much Estelle yeah. and and that's why we're so lucky in London because you can go to the Wallace collection
1: yeah true true um you know uh ordinarily um some of the artworks are available to to be seen in the Wallace collection generally but um collected to, together for this exhibition it it's really it sort of condenses how we how we feel generally um about our our pets and and one of the stories that i really like is uh about the Gainsborough. um he had two cross uh crossbred mutts and um he kept over his mantelpiece this painting of them. Um, he he loved his his two mutts, and uh, whenever he and his wife had an argument, not being one to apologise, um, he would write a little note and sign it "Fox," which was the name of of one of his dogs, and uh, the dog would walk over to the to Mrs. Gainsborough's dog, um, Tristram. That was the name of the other one and um hand this uh, little note that gainsborough had written dog to dog and then of course Mrs. Gainsborough would would read it and he'd be apologetic but he'd use his dogs to, to make up with his wife after an argument. I um love- so I <laughs> thought that was really nice. It's amazing.
0: And and, you know, look, oh my gosh, so and now we use text messages that are (laughs) so I'd much I'd much rather get a message, you know, hand delivered or you know, from from someone's dog. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, now, I mean it's all become so impersonal, you know, you, you
1: can get fired or divorced by text nowadays. But then, you know, for Gainsborough to use it to make up to to his wife after an an argument, this sorry note, I thought that was lovely. And also, you know what else is really interesting? That um, Freud's etchings, particularly of dogs, Freud's etchings of dogs are dearer to buy than um, uh, his portraits. And obviously the reason for that is that unless you're buying it because you you, you're a huge admirer and lover um of Freud you don't really want somebody else's face hanging up on your wall do you but if you buy one of his etchings of 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 his dog although it's his dog it's still your dog if you know what I mean so his etchings are dearer than his human portraits
0: gosh you know what I didn't know that and uh they must cost a huge amount then, but quite right, perhaps, I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But you know as well, you, you were talking about um Hogarth and um the, the pug and, and uh how Hogarth's um pug, Trump, almost looks comical. And and then you were saying, which is really interesting, that this is before um, you know, we we um created cartoons. Be it on an iPad or, or whatever, whatever it else um, it is. The, the use of dogs, um, there isn't any Charles Schultz Snoopy dogs there. But you know, Snoop without, without um, Charles Schultz's dog, bit of a tongue twister that one. Without Charles Schultz's dog, um Spike that he had growing up, we never would have had Snoopy. So dogs are so inspirational to artists. They real, they really fuel their sense of being. Um and I think it's because that they, they provide unconditional love. Yes. Um
0: and I it's agree. interesting
1: because you know re- recently um people have been talking about whether we should cancel Picasso because uh they're saying that um the way that he depicts women um wasn't very nice. Hashtag not very nice. Um but, you know, when you look at the, the way that even Picasso depicted his dogs and Picasso, Picasso loved animals. He had a whole stable of different animals going from pigeons to dogs to chimpanzees that used to steal his lunch and smoke a cigarette with him. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's really interesting how I think artists feel artists always feel as though they're being judged. And always feel as though they have to prove themselves because being an artist, is that a real
0: job? You know, whereas um, drawing a dog, they're not judged. They're, they're just love. It, it's really interesting that, we, that it's like dogs are their muse. Yeah, yeah. You know, rather than a human muse, you know, because, I mean, Picasso loved his dachshund called Lump. Yeah, that's right. And you know what they say killed Picasso? They say that after Lump
1: passed away it was about 10 days later that Picasso died and people say that he died of a broken heart because he missed his dog couldn't care about anything else he missed his dog
0: well you know if you ask me I think anyone that dies of a broken heart because their dog is a good person and I think you know Picasso without Picasso we wouldn't be here today with art you know so I think we have to Picasso I think we have is to... art Picasso is the <laughs> 20th century art world indeed indeed and that is it but look Estelle thank you gosh for joining us today and I really hope you'll come back because we can talk about dogs in art for ages and ages and I think it's a really important subject you know to understand our dogs today because literally in that Wallace collection there are ancestors of many of the dogs that we see in London today
1: yeah. And also, let me just say, you're. it's not just a, going to see it to understand the dogs. We go and see it and we'll understand ourselves better.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Estelle. Pleasure. That's our show, Mr Binks. What did you think? Yes, I know you're a fan of Sir Edwin Landseer for that amazing painting with one of your ancestors in from 1848. What's that? Yes, you're right. It's time for Woof of the Week. (coughs) Never underestimate the power of art to define our history, particularly with dogs. (coughs) Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, please rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. It really makes a difference. Thanks again to Estelle Lovett for joining us today and all the links are in the show notes. Thanks, of course, to Mike, my producer, and find out more about him at Pod People UK. And for me, I'm just at Anna Webb Dogs. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So why don't you subscribe now? It is actually free, and that way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now.